recording now. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Hey, hey Sue. Hi. In my in, in my household, you're you're uh, you're my girl Sue. Ever since I hey. discovered you, ever since I discovered you on Reddit, as I think a lot of people did, um, I showed your first or your first big music video to pretty much everyone that I knew and ever know everyone that I thought That's would awesome. like it. Thank I you. got an I got an early like three thousand views or something like that, and I just Whoa. checked like two million something like that uh, as of fifteen yeah, minutes ago. So <laughs> it's uh it's it's really fun to be talking with you and i'm sure we'll be getting into a lot of fun stuff but uh, i just want to say i'm a big fan and i have been for a while so uh yeah happy to be here thank you thank you i'm excited Absolutely. for this chat as well um just just excited to pick on your brain and to you know get some get some geeky knowledge out of oh, you sure. and um well you said there's a lot of questions that you don't know the answers to if any of those are sciencey questions you hit me up yeah i mean like so I, I'm actually curious, like, does, is that naturally how you're, I've, cause I watched some of your videos sure. and uh, the cat claw video being the first one, <laughs> it's just like something that I clicked just like yeah. instinctively, like right off the bat. That was like, just, yeah, don't blame like, me. Yeah. And it's like, is, is it just like the level of knowledge? Is it like out of research or is it just like, just, just pouring out of your Experience. <laughs> well, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, so if your viewers don't know who I am, uh, I'm a public science educator, but my um, my background, I have a degree in engineering. I have a master's degree in science communication and uh, writing. Um, and so I, I bring to the table at least some base level of science knowledge. And what's mm -hmm. um, good about engineering is that you get a lot of different classes. So it's not just engineering. You also do like physics and biology and thermodynamics and all these kind of things. So cool. I know, I know a little bit about a lot of different science topics, and I usually try to find something that I'm excited about, um, and then use my base level of knowledge and then some research to get into it. But that cat video was because, and I wasn't lying, I got a brand new baby kitty during lockdown over here, and she, her like I, I her claws are so sharp. I still have, <laughs> I have I have scars all over my body. And I asked myself that question, like, why are cat claws so sharp? And that kind of generated the video. Um, and a lot of my videos come from a place of either I really want to know the answer to this, or I think a lot of people would also want to know the answer to this thing. Yeah. yeah. What are you currently wanting I'm to current about? Oh, what, what am I currently uh, looking into? I've been doing... I've been, I'm fascinated by nuclear physics and like uh, more specifically when like nuclear energy, nuclear weapons go wrong. So I've been working on like a mini documentary series on the history of nuclear accidents and stuff like that. So pretty, he pretty heavy, pretty heavy stuff, but, uh, it's, intense, but, it but it's like really interesting. Yeah. Are, are you yeah. Like looking into like, like, I don't know, like body, body modifications that happen after a nuclear accident or like things like those? Those are yeah. so fascinating. Like, yeah, it's, it's cancer aside, like oh, loads yeah. of stuff that happens. Well, there's a lot of morbid, a lot of morbidly fascinating stuff you can you can get out of that kind of research where you can't help but just kind of be taken aback by just how powerful these things are. Like one of my favorite examples is um, during the bombing of Hiroshima. Mm. There's uh, when a nuclear bomb goes off, there's a flash of light and infrared radiation, which is just heat. That lasts about 10 seconds, but it's so intense that there's this picture of a woman and she's wearing a kimono. It's, it's black and blue. And when she removed her kimono and got a 
picture taken of her back, the black pattern of her kimono was seared into her skin, but not the blue part, which is telling you that just the difference in colors was enough absorption wise, you know, like white, uh, white fabric reflects Reflects most colors. Yeah, yeah. Black fabric. So just the difference between black and blue was the difference between etching stuff into her skin or not. And that it's obviously terrible, but it's also terribly interesting. So there's a weird, there's a weird uh, dichotomy there. And speaking of terribly interesting, Sue, I, I want to ask you a couple questions because I'm, (laughs) I'm curious, I'm curious about you because you're, I don't know any other bedroom musicians. Yeah. And it seems like, well, obviously you make great music. That's, that's a given. But um, thank you. <laughs> why? How do you? How do you think you've tapped into from what I think is this kind of like millennial existential crisis anxiety kind of driven place where you're pro- you're using it to your benefit to generate art, but it must come from a a place where you actually feel that. And I wonder why do you think people connect with it as much as they have been? Yeah, I I actually don't think it's much of like a generational humor. You know, there there's a there's a saying called like there's a term called like Gen Z humor or like sure. I don't know millennial humor. But it, that kind of characterizes certain traits of um, some of the stuff that I put out. You know, things like you know, I think those kind of include things like um, turning pain into humorous kind of skits. sure or or content but i think or like i want to die memes yeah yeah things like those they're like yeah. they're kind of like just humorous takes on life and and pain yeah. and i personally don't think it's it's something that's relatable to just like one generation whether that may be gen z or millennials i think it's something that can help like just any people in any generation you could be i would i would would agree but i do see i mean i do see in your music you know there's this is a very specific time when people you and my age are experiencing you know less mental well-being than ever Mm. before in in a more stressful society than ever before we can't afford houses we don't have jobs we live with parents you know I, i think there is something to the moment here that makes you singing about some of those themes and some of those feelings really resonate with people, at least with me. Like when you, like your song, like uh, just I'm tired. Like, I just wish I could just, it, it is kind of a humorous thing where you're just saying like, I just wish I could be a baby because I know exactly what that feeling is. I want zero responsibilities and I just, <laughs> just want to, I just want to sleep. I just, yeah. And like my, my girlfriend would say the same thing, you know, like I wish I was a cat. It's like, I just want to be, I just want to exist. I don't want to do stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of that there and I connect with it certainly where it's like, why am I like, like you're saying, you know, I'm my bloodshot eyes in the dark. You're like, why am I still working? Is this even worth like, what am I doing? You know? And I, I get that. I feel that because as a YouTube guy, um, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've hit burnout many times and I, I, I've been making at least one video a week for the last 332 weeks in a row or something like lot. that. That's a lot considering, you know, the quality of your videos as well. You know, well thank you. Amount of I appreciate research that. that must go into it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Let me ask you another question. I mean, do you feel 
I, I always say that, you know, with my anxieties and with my drive to make things that are creative and interesting, I always feel like a shark in that I have to keep swimming. I can't really stop. You know, I, I, I can't really relax because um, I always feel compelled to do something else. Do you feel that way? Yeah, definitely. And it's like, but, but if you think about it, like super like in the face, you one never really stops thinking you know like you you may yeah. think that you're not really thinking but you are thinking something you yes. know like without you even realizing mm -hmm. but i think it's really the matter of um what you're thinking about and i think you know i recently actually had a, a little bit of an epiphany of a sort where i realized that i was getting so much information from the outside world and i was just getting an overabundance of incoming new stuff and new lessons and new motivational quotes and whatnot and you know all these things that i absorbed mm -hmm. but i realized that i never really thought about my own interpretation of these things that i absorbed from the world mm. and i think it's really the lack of the latter that sometimes I think can drive people crazy and make them feel like they're kind of, their head is kind of about to explode with a with an overabundance of information yeah. and thoughts. No, I, that I, makes sense. I, I mean, I've, I've, I go a step further in saying usually that, you know, I think social media is a mistake. I think it has ruined. It should never have existed in the first. No, I think place. no, I think it. I, I I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Like I think it it is literally ripping apart the fabric of society. Like how how people interact, how people talk to each other. I think it's 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 a net negative, and it should be destroyed in my mind. Mm. But but what I think, and I, I'm sure you've had well, this feeling where when you have so much information coming in, and it's so accessible and so easy to just scroll to the next thing or whatever. Whenever you have a single moment to yourself, your impulse is to grab your phone and it's not to just reflect or just be internal for a second and just ex explore your own thoughts and your own feelings. And if you do that enough, I feel like if that's, that becomes your habit, yeah, you will go crazy because you, you, you're not even thinking, you're just, in, you're just consuming just consuming and yeah, just numbing it all with new information and yeah kind of gives you that delusion where you think you're being productively thinking and you know learning and growing but actually you're not because yeah it's all just going in one ear and going out the other yeah it's it's nothing it's <laughs> and then that's why i like i i wish i set aside more time to read and stuff but mm. you know i i try to come up with at least some strategies where I'm, I'm giving myself like guide rails where, you know, if it's this time of day or, you know, if I'm before I go to bed or whatever, it's like, okay, you, you throw your phone, you know, into the next room, you're not looking at stuff. You know, I'm not going to answer emails after this, you know, certain time or something like that, because I think without that, the, 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 the dopamine feedback that is so sinister in these, in social media where you have to keep checking, Oh, how many likes, how many retweets, how many of you, it, it, I th think it, you know, I'm not a spiritual person, but I would say, you know, mm -hmm. metaphorically, you know, it eats away at your soul, man. And yeah. then it just doesn't leave anything behind. And it's, um, it's actually really amazing how 
it really doesn't seem to have any limits whatsoever in terms of you know the like it never really satisfies you i remember watching no. a ted talk by um oh man uh joseph gordon levitt and mm. he was talking about social media and how he was always you know he's always been feeling like he's less than when he sees other celebrities and actors having more social followers and sure. you know engagement and he's got like millions of followers already and you know it, it was amazing to hear that even at that level there there was no satisfaction you always want more you always want more numbers more followers more comments yeah. more retweets or whatever um and it really is it, it really is toxic and but I don't think there's all negative to it, really. I don't think, you know, it's. It, oh, yeah, I, I would never I would never say that good things haven't happened because yeah. of social media. And you've seen a lot of, you know, uh, especially recently, like a lot of movements for justice and stuff like that. Start mm -hmm. online and start with groups. And yeah, I, of course, I agree. I just think on the whole, um, I mean, you know. I, I don't believe the like, let's take Facebook, for example. I don't believe the human brain is evolved to speak to other people as though everyone you've ever met is listening at the same time. Mm, I think that I think that I think that warps your brain. It warps. And then you start to self-censor. You start to uh, lie. You start to fake it just because you're trying to put out this this statue of yourself that you want to see, but you don't even give a shit about, you know, may, like, ah, man, I, I have nothing, but I, I could rant about this for a while. So I don't know if we, you want no, to keep go doing for that, it. But. This is overthinker society, but I, I think it, it is really something that I consciously try not to get too warped into and, you know, yeah. let it, you know, let it shape the way I think and the way I am. Um, and that's why I always try to prioritize being authentic and being, you know, being me and having fun yeah. with my own self as much as possible. I think you do that. I think you do that very well. I think it comes across. Um, at the same time, we have to play the game. Yes, we so, do. We you are. Know what I mean? We and, are on and, YouTube. We are on yeah. social media. And yeah, it is and, a and, hard and, balance it, to keep for sure. Yeah, I see a lot of people not doing it well in my opinion and you know a lot of people just smashing into a wall of burnout or creating this weird relationship mm -hmm. with an audience that i don't think is emotionally um productive um and uh yeah i i've and my my viewers have known this for a long time or at least i try to make them know it's like and i don't know i i wonder i want to know your answer to this because yeah. you you being a quote-unquote like bedroom musician totally authentic um it's 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 more of a vulnerable brand, so to speak, um, by which I mean you're not presenting yourself as like a pop star or someone who's um, hyper concerned with growing a, a specific brand name, you know, something yeah. like that, um, which I think is great and I love. Um, but I've always been very clear about with my audience, like I am an entertainer. I'm I'm a performer and you're the audience. And that's it. I, I don't, I don't, you know, you can, we, we can talk to each other like we're friends, but you know, we're not actually friends. You don't really care about my emotions. I can't care about a million people's emotions at once. 
this is a transaction and I, and I hope that you enjoy what I do. But if I, if I start putting my own personal life into it, right. Then that, that it breaks down and everything gets weird and muddy. Like people don't know, like very few people know, for example, you know, who I'm dating, what her name is, how many cats I have, where I live. Like all these things are very deliberate because I don't want that relationship to start getting weird, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I have to feel like I have to tell people more and more and more about myself. And so, and then, and then I'll end up as one of those vloggers on the trending tab who's like, we're going to get married, baby bump <laughs> alert. And you're just like, and whenever I see those thumbnails, I just want to fucking die. So they're so, they're so trash. What even is that? You know? Oh man. It's I mean, anti, it's anti content. It's nothing. It's just, it, it's, 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 it's. It's just like a bubble with nothing in it. It's just air and you can just go and it's gone. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm I getting, think, I'm getting all riled up here. So I know that wasn't really a question, but I think my kind of, <laughs> my response to that is that I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, disregarding any of the vloggers out there, but I, will. I think <laughs> I'll start naming names if you want, <laughs> but, but I think what kind of really distinguishes a kind of typical vlogger content creator to a, a kind of bedroom musician or an artist like myself is sure. or you even um i think it's really what we offer as a core product mm. quote-unquote product and in that case in, in your case that could be you know scientific knowledge but mm. in form of very fun entertainment sure in my case it's songs and, and music. Yeah. So I think as long as we have that kind of core message and core product that we want to share with everybody and send out to everybody, then yeah. everything else is a way to tell a story and to give that core product a carrier, if that makes sure. sense. Yeah. So and I'm, well, I'm, I'm not saying vlogging as a whole is bad. You know, I'm, I'm like, there's, there's people that I watch regular, like Sophia Nygaard, like one of the most popular. She's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, you know, um, uh, Jenna Marbles, you know, all these people when she was making videos, uh, you know, but they're genuinely fun and interesting people. And you like listening to them. I was more so getting at the, uh, like I was saying, the intrusiveness. The, if no, if you were, if you try to write an algorithm to, and that's what these people are doing trying to come up with the perfect set of variables to take most advantage of the least amount of actual worth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, you see, and you see this happen. Like, uh, it, again, let's take YouTube though. You know, when did white giant text on your thumbnails become important? When did having giant arrows, red arrows in your, in your things become important? When did using emojis and all caps in your titles become important? And then you start to see these people, especially just click trending on YouTube right now. And you'll see mm. most of them are trying to be like, well, if I have that, all of that and this kind of face and I'm like, what? And like your eyes are like half of your face. Yeah. It's starting to become less sincere. Mm. And there is be there becomes a kind of a, a like you see a pattern and you start yeah. to it's like it's not very surprising although it's it's quite bizarre the way they're like photoshopped and a bit oh i you know, i i can't stand the when they make their eyes bigger or something like that it really 
it really, really does pop though. Like it, it, it's noticeable. But that's the thing. I yeah. hate that it works so well because <laughs> I feel like it's taking it. It's like they're gaming me. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, 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 I hate the, the attention seeking trends or the attention grabbing trends, but I know they work. So that's why it annoys me, you know, where you could work, you know, a month on a video that you think is amazing. Mm. But if it doesn't have, you know, giant anime eyes and an arrow and a circle on your face, no one's going to see it. You and that's what? playing the that's playing the game. We have to do this balance. You know, you know where the hope lies in, though, um, to go back to Gen Z humor and millennial humor, I sure. think we're like the trend is coming back to more and more people seeking authenticity from all this happening. So I think so. There think are like lo like you know there are loads of viral videos that doesn't have any popping like thumbnails or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's just sure. you know have you seen the have you seen the skateboard uh, dog face guy? The cran <laughs> the cranberry juice. Like it's I at this point I think the whole world has seen it. But it's just. I don't know. I quite. I loved it. I loved it. Um, Why am I searching skateboard cranberry juice right but now? But you haven't watched it. No, of course I have. I don't. I don't. I. I. I stay in my lane, Sue. <laughs> yeah, it is far from a science content. I well, I try. Well, people ask me a lot, like you know, what other sciencey people do you watch? And I'll ask you this question too. Um, I don't. Really, because when mm. I want to make something that's new and interesting and creative, I don't want like information bleed or creativity bleed from them. Where it's really interesting. Maybe I, I start. The same thing. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't want to take their ideas. I don't want anyone to be first in my comments and be like, well, this is just like a game theory video. Like, ah. so I try to act. I, I keep tabs on people. I keep tabs on my peers and my colleagues like, OK, you know, what are they uploading? How does it look? You know, what are the thumbnails look like? When are they doing stuff? What topics? But I don't, I usually don't watch them, to be honest. Yeah. Cause, cause I don't want to take their thing, you know? And cause, and you will probably at one point, it's not like, you know, straight up copy, but, yeah. you know, there, there is bound to be an overlap of sure. themes or, you know, styles or, yeah. Whatever. Well, when you're talking about similar stuff, you know, it's hard to, there's only so many ways you can talk about, you know, physics or, or what have you, you know? Yeah. And I have the same thing where I, I, I've been feeling like it's more of an occupational hazard for me because I, I enjoy mm. listening to music and I enjoy watching music videos of other artists, but I find that I have not so positive feelings when I watch other people's music videos or listen to songs sometimes because I don't know it, it may be because I feel like I'm less than or mm. it, it, I feel like I, I I'm really bad compared <laughs> to all these artists well that's that's just a natural reaction to talent I mean everyone's worse than somebody in somebody's eyes you know but what I what I really like about your videos is the the specific editing style and the way that, again, it, it feels very vulnerable and almost chaotic to me. And like, obviously, for some of the shots where you're pushing into your face or whatever, and you're not making, you know, 
you're not trying to make like you know a pretty face or it's like you a screenshot was like you're looking like you know crazy i like <laughs> that I, I like that you lean in to showing non-polished sides of things where you know for example like you're not doing you know a choreographed dance number during your thing you're just dancing and you focus on that and you emphasize that and it feels very as we keep saying it, it feels very genuine and it's coming from a real place and i think that's why that first video really did take off where it's like this is just a this is just a very anxious confused girl in her bedroom and the song's also great you know i, I there was a really nice combination there thank you i think i've actually speaking of uh, ugly shots i think i've got something stuck in my teeth can you <laughs> sorry, sorry. I can feel it, but I can't. <laughs> okay, I don't. If you see something weird sticking out of my teeth, just let me know. Don't worry. I hate I people. I hate people when they wouldn't tell me that I've got a booger sticking out of my nose. Like I hate it. Oh yeah, happens. we're both on camera, asshole. Tell me, tell me something. You just tell me. Like just, <laughs> I don't like it when people do that. They think it's rude or something, but. Man, just tell me, because I don't want to be walking around with a booger hanging out of my nose. No, because then that's their fault. No, yeah, exactly. My embarrassment, it's your fault. <laughs> Let me, um, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I think I think it actually touches upon some of the things that we've been talking about, actually. Mm. But as a science guy, do you see your body as a machine? Like a working, uh, like a very intricate, smart machine. Are you trying to are you trying to get at the kind of the philosophical nature of the question? Um, is there is there something way. is there something more than my atoms and molecules? Is that what you're asking? I think so. I think it's more of a philosophical view. Yes, you know, it's sure. like because I I think you know some people. Well, I, I don't mean like, oh, do you see your body as a temple? Like, is it a temple of God? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 I thought you're I thought you're going to go down a different road. But no, I know what you mean. Um, no, I. Um, yeah, I mean. Most humans have a sense of what uh, like psychologists would call like naive dualism. We feel like we are something more than our bodies. Um, and more specifically, we feel like there is a subject in our heads behind our eyes specifically that takes in information that ob observes the world and makes choices and judgments and has thoughts and feelings and desires and pain and whatnot. But, you know, as specifically like neuroscience has become more advanced, as our understanding of the brain has become more advanced, in my view, it's it's pretty easy to show that every single thing about who you are, what your personality is, what you like, what you dislike, who you love, who you hate, it is all your brain. Um, I, I like to, uh, Steven Pinker's quote on this is, your mind is what the brain does. So, you know, you can consider yourself whatever, but if, if, I, if I was a neuroscientist and I poked your brain, for example, in a specific part, you know, I could, I could turn you into a raging alcoholic. Literally? Sure. Like, no, this literally happened... poke? Like, literally oh, yeah. poke? Physically poke, yes. Oh, man. That... Well, so, uh, so there's a very famous case, the, probably the most famous case in neuroscience that all, all Neuroscience 101 students learn about. Mm. His name is Phineas Gage. 
You don't need to know much about him other than he was a very nice family man. Everyone loved him. Super, super nice guy working on the railroad one day and uh, a railroad spike due to an increase of pressure somewhere was shot up through the bottom of his head and then out through the top. And it made a giant hole in his brain. He didn't die. But what happened was that he went from a loving family man to a gambling, whoring, uh, alcoholic, abusive piece of shit. And it was with that case that people started linking who you feel like you are and who you are to the physical brain, to the actual meat of your brain. And so getting back to your original question, I would say that you are your brain and you are wholly material. You are in, you are a machine in that kind of way. But I don't think that takes away any beauty from what you are. If you really think about it, I mean, you are in, unimaginably large collection of incredibly intricate atoms and molecules in, uh, interacting together to produce something that can feel something like love instead of just being a rock. I think that's, that's, inc that's, that's incredible. It's a, happenstance, it's a happenstance of nature, but the fact that it happened at all is... A miracle. Well, I wouldn't use that word, <laughs> but... It, but it's but it's, it's incredible. So when people, I think the natural thing for people asking scientists this question is saying like, well, you know, if I don't have a, a spirit or something like that, or if you, I'm just my body, isn't that just like, what do I have to live for? Well, you you are this amazing endpoint of billions of years of trial and error, and you have just in the in the grand scope of things, just a fraction of time in the sun. And you are so lucky to be here. And I think that that gives me all the meaning I need. I don't, I don't need to have some like little Kyle behind the eyes, you know, that's, uh, you know, pulling all the levers and, and doing stuff, you know. <laughs> well, actually, the brain talk was something that I was wanted to get into when I first originally asked you this question. But so just focusing on the brain sure then is it like do, I, i'm coming from a place where i don't know anything about brain the brain sure. is brain like a, a battery and like a memory card that can like you know it, it needs charging when you sleep it needs it crashes sometimes like <laughs> i don't know it runs out of place uh yeah. something so you kind of raise certain memories or something or um I don't know. It's yeah. is it like multi when it's multitasking, it's like it can't process information depending on the CPU of. Different yeah, no, you're 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 getting you're getting pretty close to what we understand generally. And I'm not an expert in this field, but, um, you know, when when you if you're using a computer as an analogy. Yes, we do know that your brain and this usually happens when you sleep needs time to you know recharge and mm -hmm. compile and synthesize what you encounter during the day, what you may have learned, what you may have experienced. We know that you, uh, as neurons connect, literally cells connect in your brain, it forms memories and patterns and behaviors physically in structures in the brain. Um, and like you're saying, when you're trying to multitask, multitasking as a word is kind of a myth because what the brain does, it has basically just this finite, this 
single amount of attention. And you can turn this attention to one thing or the other, but it's never like five things at once. It's always, you always have to stop what you're doing here and look what you're doing one here. You can, get, you can get good at doing that, but you're never, again, with the computer analogy, you're never par truly parallel processing. You're never truly mm. doing two things at the same time. Um, things can become closer to that. Um, like, uh, for example, you've probably had the experience where you were driving your car or I don't know if you have a car, but riding a bike or something like that. And you're very good at, at driving or riding a bike. And, you know, before you know it, you're already at your destination. You're like, wow, I didn't even, I wasn't even like, I was daydreaming while I was doing it. I don't even remember driving here. It's like muscle memory. Yeah. And that's because yeah. that, that conscious process becomes more of a subconscious process and it doesn't need that attention. But, you know, uh, I always have this weird experience. Everyone has this if you drive a car where, you know, you could be driving, music's blaring, not paying attention to anything. But suddenly when you can't find a street, what do you do? You turn the music down because you don't have the attention to do like both listen to and enjoy music and also take this cognitive process where you're trying to find the thing. So you, you, you'll notice yourself doing this where it's like, okay, wait, wait, shut, 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 wait, turn the music down, wait, wait, wait where's the street? Because you, <laughs> you, you actually can't do both at the same time and do both well. You could do both, you could try to do both poorly, but you don't have unlimited attention. Mm, interesting. So, is And that's what's so bad going back, like the social media problem and the information problem is that when your attention is pulled in so many different directions at once, it's very hard to do anything well and for any amount of time. Like when was the last time you read a book for an hour without, yeah. checking, your, without checking your phone? Yeah, I think it, it's- In a it, long time. It is a habit as well that is very, very hard to break, I find. Especially, I, I don't know about you, but especially as an artist who uses social media uh, very much to, you know, let people know about my new song or a new video. So it's kind of part of my work, you know? So yeah. for it to be part of my work, but also as like a something to use for my personal enjoyment as well, it's it's really hard to keep the balance and also, yeah. you know, have a healthy distance from it. No, um, I totally agree. I don't, I don't do, I, I'd say I almost never do like, quote unquote, like learning or research when I'm not working. Like I'm not always doing science stuff. I can't, I'll, I'll go crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, like I can't always be doing the same thing that would be, is so similar to work. You need that separation or else, yeah, it, it, it all, you need the balance. Like we will, like we keep saying, or else then nothing becomes enjoyable. It's all work all the time. And especially in this day and age on the internet, I think that's the real problem. And especially like with like with vlogging, that's that would be my worry. Where if you turn your entire life into content, what's left for you? I think I'm slowly finding the need to find a proper hobby for myself because sure. what I've always thought was music was my hobby, and mm. I've always considered making these these videos my hobby. And they were fun, fun hobbies too. But you know, I'm I'm realizing now that you know I'm a musician. I'm a you know I'm an artist. You know, not like you know, oh, I'm a musician. But, I know, I get, I get. <laughs> so it's like this isn't my hobby anymore. Mm, and yeah. I was thinking the other day that I have no hobby. I have, I don't I don't know what I would do on my free time. So I eat. 
you know, and that's not really good. No, you never, no. you never eat cabbages when you're eating out of boredom. Like how, <laughs> how funny is that? It's ridiculous. You eat on cookies, you eat on, you know, stuff that numbs your brain, you know, stuff yeah. that numbs your sense. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I mean, I'm I'm lucky. I do have at least two hobbies that I like. And what are they? Uh, I play a lot of Magic: The Gathering. What is I that? A, it's a trading card game. Oh, okay. So it's like Pokemon, but uh, it was the it's the original trading card game. Um, so I've been playing that for like 20 years. But also, uh, my big one that really lets me zone out from work is rock climbing. So I've been rock climbing nice. uh, since I was like 18. I uh, used to be pretty good at it. And um, yeah, I, I, I love going to the gym and because I can zone out so completely, like I'll go like two hours without having a single work related thought. And that's very, it's very nice to take like a mind break just from, you know, what am I uploading? What am I doing? Mm. You know, it's, even it's, sports is actually a really good way to do that, to really empty your mind from work because sometimes it's literally so difficult for your body it's so harsh on your body that it, it makes you think nothing else but yeah the pain that you're experiencing right now doing this sport yeah um, and and you know uh just staying fit and staying active yeah. uh, is is hard and um you know especially and I know, uh, obviously, it's much more of a problem for women on the internet. But you know, I'm I'm constantly critiqued and judged on my appearance every day and everything that I do. Also, so I I don't want to just you know, I have an incentive to not eat my feelings all the time because then it will just make everything worse. You know, mm. yeah. And I don't not lean into it. Like I get it. Like I wouldn't have hair like this if I didn't give a shit. You know, but. Really? This is a lot. This is a lot of upkeep, girl. <laughs> you know how much work this I mean, is? It's, yes, it's lush. It's impressive. It's Let's, impressive. Oh, uh, thank my mom. It's good genetics. Yeah, it's golden. Yeah. It's golden, and I'm really jealous. The golden god. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of golden hair, uh, for some reason, that made me think of Korean style hair, and I know you're in oh, Korea. Right. Yeah. Where they they don't like it's very hard to fully bleach very dark thick hair like korean women have so it usually just turns into more orangey you know because they don't do the full thing we are although we are very well known for korean idols having cotton candy hair colors yes i don't know and how they do it i do not know it's impossible hours hours and hours and hours of bleaching uh but uh <laughs> speaking of korea for whatever reason this is i don't really have a whole lot of point but uh i've recently been watching a lot of competitive starcraft 2 okay do you know what that is yes i mean we are a, we are a country of starcraft so i've been watching a bunch of korean starcraft competitive videos there are some very crazy people like this this video was from like eight nine years ago so i don't know how crazy the skills of today's yeah. players are but i saw a video from like eight years ago where it's like a korean gamer i think it was like a starcraft competition like yeah gamer i don't know professional gamer Watching and they were showing yeah yeah have you seen it have you it's it's crazy it's crazy they, they they call it uh apm it's called actions per minute yes and and so some of these kids are like up to like 300 actions per minute which is five actions per second right so it's it's stupid but why I brought that up is because I want to travel to Korea so bad now 
because bringing it back to your your uh, neck of the woods, Korea. Since I watched so many of these StarCraft videos, I've I've started to get advertisements on YouTube for Travel Korea. Ooh, like the the government uh, travel uh, videos, like come to Korea. That's and, awesome. You should do and, it. And it's these, it's some music group singing this dope ass song that I don't understand. Uh, and just walking around famous places in Seoul and Korea. And I love it. I, I, I love it. It's yeah. It also just, yeah. I, Korea is, is just, I would, I would like, I would say, I would dare say that Korea is like a heaven for tourists. I it's believe you. Really nice. I uh, I used to live. I lived in Shanghai in China for mm. three for three years when I was a kid. And uh, I've uh, and, you know been to Tokyo and and stuff. And obviously a lot of places in China. My dad uh, lived in Hong Kong for like the last fifteen years up until you know last year. Um, so I've been over there quite a bit, uh, but never Korea. And I, I've I like I like Korea. Actually, You've been to the, Tokyo, uh, but never in Korea, because it's like right it's right next to each other. They're still separate countries, Sue. But it's like two hour flight. <laughs> I, well, I always no. recommend people to come to Korea if they're traveling, if you have plans to come to, you know, Japan, if or if you're vice versa, if you're coming to Korea, also travel to Japan. No, I would love to. I well, yeah. Well, again, with like vloggers and stuff. My lady wa loves watching Korean travel and uh, Japanese travel vlogs, and she just will not get off my back. But we gotta go. We have yeah, to you Why are you taking me? So much. You guys will yeah. enjoy it, especially if you like, you know, good food and lots of things to look at. If you like shopping, I think it's just it, Korea's the shit. It's yeah. My it, uh, my, my my stepmom is Taiwanese, and she spent a lot of time in Korea, and she loves shopping, and that's all that's all she talks yeah. about. It's, a lot of shoe, a lot of amazing. shoe shopping. Yeah, shopping. and like we have a lot of like really cute, cute stuff, like super cutesy stuff, which I love, which I adore. Um, like I because re I remember I lived when I lived in the states. Um, all I remember, like all the, what is it like, uh, writing utensils and like schools, like pencils and stuff, like school stuff. Yeah, I, they were always like super bland. Colors yeah. and like just one color, just like one or two color, just like bold, just yeah, just block of colors and nothing else much going on. Yeah, but in Korea, in comparison, like they have just like just just yeah, the variables are infinite. Yeah, so if you like cutesy stuff, if you like oh, just until fancy. I think I think until about a year ago when she kind of got out of it, my partner um was heavy heavy into lolita fashion like uh ah. harijuku kind of stuff so she looked like a little cupcake most of the time with you know pink blue yeah. hair and and the big skirts and all that stuff yeah she, she, she's adorable like a little unicorn snow cone has she moved on from it she has now she just uh well during lockdown here in the states which we're handling terribly um she was so worried she just started like really trying to get fit and really working out um her goal was as a woman she wanted to do a single pull-up that was her goal um I, but I in the her. in the last year uh we've bought since we can't go anywhere we've bought like a bunch of gym equipment so you know weights and squat racks and bench presses and all this stuff and now she's so 
muscly and jacked that she can't fit into her Lolita oh. dresses anymore. So, so, she, so now awesome, she's, she's more like She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, like Legend of Korra kind of girl now rather than... Representing health. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome for her. I... I have so much admiration for people with like really healthy like muscle muscular arms and and legs because just my arms are like the most puniest thing ever. I don't I'm not <laughs> I'm not. That's, you know, it was it was her personal quest, you know, it's no judgment. She just wanted to and she got, you know, she got a personal trainer and stuff. So it's not like she did it all by herself, you know. She has a lot of help and we're fortunate enough that, you know, I can I can buy equipment and stuff. So Yeah. Um, it's not so bad, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is the weirdest year I've ever been alive. So many weird things have happened. So many things have changed, lost so many people, so many different, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. I don't know how we're going to describe this to like kids, you know? Yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's unprecedented and yeah. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if this is like a 2020 thing. I don't know if like 2020 is just jinxed or something. <laughs> I really hope it is because obviously we're going towards the end of the year and just, I hope that it just, it's a clean slate from 2021. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's more, there there is something to how bad it is. But as a science guy, I would also say, you know, there is, there is that confirmation bias here where, you know, once we start noticing a quote unquote pattern, then we're going to notice everything and think everything's a part yeah, of the pattern. Yeah, just everything together. Yeah, where I'm guessing, you know, for example, the number of celebrities dying this year or what have you, it's probably a, the same, you know, but it, it doesn't. Like, oh, it's 2020. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel like it's the same because, oh, it's, you know, this year's a dumpster fire or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's probably the same though. Yeah. Yeah. What's your I'm in the, wait, how is how is Korea handling lockdown? It must be it must be better than here. Uh we've recently actually had a had a what is it called? Plummet? No, no, like like a spike. Yes. <laughs> a a <spike>. plummet. <laughs> that way. Yeah. We we've recently actually had a, a, a spike. I wonder if that's for people number. traveling during the holiday time. Yeah, actually, it might be. Uh, but we actually still haven't got a solid cause, uh, found a solid cause to it yet. But hmm. uh, we're now up to like 600-ish range, which is actually quite a lot considering we have we were down to like five. I mean, like five people who were diagnosed in total. Of, Cases a day? Yeah. Well, no, five in all population of Korea. Until how many, recently. How many people live in Korea? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna guess 20 million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, something like that. Like something lots, like that. lots. Yeah, because I, I know that Seoul, which is the capital of Korea, has, uh, I think, like I'm looking it up. Million. Yeah, please do. Uh oh, 51 million. So more I don't than know what that is. More than all of Canada. Really. And more than Australia and. Oh wow! I knew, I knew I always knew that Korea is a packed country, but never this on this level. Yeah, but, but five hundred cases. To are you sure about that? Because that's amazing if that's true. I mean, five hundred is a lot considering that we were down to five people, uh, five cases yeah. in total. But so we're like kind of panicking a little. Oh bit yeah, right you're now. yeah, you're right. That is crazy. Wow. So I think we've been doing fairly well, though. Oh no, overall. you're you're doing fan 
fantastic. You have 500 deaths total? Yeah, we were, I think the, the we but handled that's, it very well. That's, that's following the science. That's uh, following uh, experts and, and what the government says to do. In America, Americans hate authority. They hate the government. They hate the experts. And so when someone like me or a doctor is like put on a mask, we're like, no way. <laughs> I love beer too much. I'm going to go out and like fuck around. Like, and then let's go, <laughs> let's party in Miami. So, so you have 500 deaths total. Um, right now in the United States, more people are dying every day than died per day during World War II. Oh man, bless yeah. you guys. So oh it's almost, it's, it's trending towards, we're going to have an equivalent number of people dying per day. It's going to be about a 9-11 per day. From just COVID? Yes. From... Yes. Like, okay. uh, like a, over 150,000 new cases per day. How's the vaccinations uh, update coming along? It's, it's coming. Uh, the United States is really trying to press through a bunch of regulations and testing and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're not really going to see the light at the end of the tunnel for this thing until at least early next year. Um, yeah. And what I really worry about as, a, as an educator is that there's so many misinformed people like protesting lockdown and not wearing masks, which in other parts of the world looks insane. Like, look at what Japan or Korea or what have you has done. They've gotten it under control. No one's protesting wearing a mask. Um, but in the United States, what I'm worried about is that not only will they protest wearing a mask, when a vaccine comes out, they're going to protest getting vaccines. And then the anti-vaccine crowd is going to be huge now. Uh, where it used to be kind of small, but it's going to get even worse, and it's oh, it's going to be bad. I think, but it's, it's going to take a while. Then it seems I, for I, people to I, kind of settle into this. I hope so. I, I don't know. I uh, things like vaccines are victims of their own success. They're so they're so good at reducing disease um, that people forget that they need that they need them. I mean, people who are quote unquote like anti-vax are like, oh, my, my daughter's not getting the measles vaccine. It's like, that's because you forgot how bad measles was because we had a vaccine for it. Mm. Like if, if, if you look up an old photo of what measles is, y'all don't want that. Trust me. <laughs> I will, I won't look into that. No, it's you don't, don't, work. no, don't. It's, um, is it ugly? Is it really bad? I mean, what, what actually happens? What actually happened when you, when, when it's an infectious disease um is it respiratory well it manifests um imagine having a raised kind of like wart on every single square centimeter of your body okay I every every your, your whole body oh my gosh that must and be super painful infectious. oh yeah yeah kids died and anyway we don't have to get into that, but I'm worried that people yeah. in America are going to be anti-science and it's going to make my job harder. Everyone's job and we're going to lose people. We're having funerals via Zoom over here, Sue. Oh, no. Yeah, That's it's terrible. bad. It's bad oh, over here. No. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, no fun. No. I don't mean to bring our conversation down. I'm just... 
No, I mean, it's I'm, rough. Just, I'm just wondering why why Americans are, are like that. I wonder if it's like a population thing or if it's because it's a country where everything is so politically charged. Well, yeah, I think that's it. I think, well, American, like the quote unquote spirit or whatever, like I said, I think it's a, a, a unfortunate combination of Americans feeling very individual, like they have their own rights and freedoms that no one can take away. Uh, distrust of the government, distrust of scientists. Um, and since, you know, our whole country was started in a revolution against, you know, a kingdom, like we want our own freedom. We get to do what we want over here. Um, it's always been a part of the American mind that, you know, you can't tell me what to do. This is America. I'm free to do whatever I want. And so <laughs> combine that with a public health crisis where we need you to everyone shut up stay home put this thing on your face a lot of americans do not like hearing that kind of thing you can't tell me what to do i can still go out and ugh, man people keep getting arrested for like secret parties here sue oh like my multiple gosh. multiple times like people meeting up like secret nightclubs in like the hundreds like oh they won't they won't like get the us That's i mean crazy. we we've we we had we ourselves had the same problem as well like we have a place called hongdae which is like a heaven of, of, cl of clubs in korea in the heart of seoul sounds nice and yeah it's it's really nice uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i'm i'm not a massive club person so oh uh, you you couldn't pay you couldn't pay me to go to a club sue are you kidding me all those people <laughs> but it's just like they've got good food and they've got a lot to look at um it's it's a vibrant place um and people oh so it's it's not like an american club where it's just a bunch of sweaty bodies and then a bar yeah you know it's like it's it's got bars it's got clubs it's got restaurants it, it's got stores Ooh. it's got just everything it's it's just everything it's like a, it's like <laughs> it's it's a very vibrant place and people cool. go there to go to clubs and we've had a lot of uh problems happening there where mass masses of people were diagnosed with covid because they were having yeah they were they were going clubbing uh yeah despite being advised otherwise uh, it's crazy it's crazy first of all to think that some people are willing to go to that extent to go go clubbing <laughs> i just don't yeah, know. <laughs> First, yeah it's with. so it's i yeah no i i think you and i are the kind of person where it just does not compute it's like you would risk like infecting a bunch of people with a disease <laughs> that is with a terrible disease just to like party be in a tight dress yeah i mean yeah I, I don't know maybe it's the mind of the clubbers i don't know i actually would would like to well i wouldn't say you and i fully understand the extrovert mind sue i don't no. think that's something we're very familiar with no i don't i, I and i do kind of consider myself to be an ambivert which i i don't i don't necessarily you know think is a think is a thing i, I just think we're all just on a spectrum no, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's some flavor. Yeah, yeah. It. There's no like one type of ambivert. They're just, you know, no. different levels of. No, it. that reduces humans to something too simple. No yeah. one's, no yeah. one's simple. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but definitely not towards the clubbers side. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we do, we do. Plus, I'm really money. cheap. I don't want to buy a bunch of expensive ass drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too, and also just like being <laughs> being surrounded by sweaty people, and you know, oh. eventually, inevitably, yeah. gonna you're gonna end up smelling somebody's armpit. That's just oh yeah, to happen when you go clubbing. 
Well, and, and I can't relate, but I imagine for a lady, the experience is very stressful. You're like, oh, at some point, someone's going to grab me. I actually never had that happen to me. But, you know, I've, I've had friends who maybe it's because I just don't like I've never went to a club being like properly that probably dressed up. I couldn't care less about it. So. That probably reduces your risk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be asking. You don't want your body to be appear to be asking for anything inappropriate so i don't know uh when i went clubbing it was just purely to dance for like 30 minutes an hour max but i don't (laughs) miss it you know i don't miss that no i don't think uh i don't think i've ever been to a club for any amount of time on purpose no it was more it, it was always a social thing for me like because my friends were going or you know because it's like a like a pre-party of a sort yeah well i live in i live in los angeles so the only real party things i ever really go to are are usually work things where it's Mm. like oh i want you to meet this person or this is going to be the the party after the movie happens or or whatever whatever it is so it's i'm I'm almost never in like a very social state of mind it's more oh who should i meet who should i talk to yeah. It's not like, oh, hey, let's dance kind of like crazy. No, thing. no. It's like a like a. No, it's more like, oh, oh, you're you're the executive producer on that TV show. Nice to meet you. Mine here. here here's my name. Here's my card. Yeah. Actually, how do you find those kind of settings? Because I've never personally been to those kind of parties mm. before. And I, I could only imagine it being a bit well, difficult gotta, for me. I actually you got to come back. You got to come back to the States. Too. I I I don't know. It, it depends on whether or not how intense it could get. I don't. It's the thing is, I've experienced something like that once mm. at like a job job fair. I went to job fair once with like a design portfolio, mm. and I was asked to present my work by literally grabbing a stranger that was passing by because otherwise mm. you wouldn't be able to grab your <laughs> opportunity. I found that very intense. I found that very intense. I ended up, you know, ended up, you know, getting my courage together and speaking to a couple of people. And I ended up like speaking to somebody from Apple Hmm. (laughs) and it was like, uh, I don't use any Apple. And I was like, (laughs) it's just like, it was just a hectic night for me. And yeah, I didn't like it. No, I get that. The kind of stuff I'm talking about would be more, you know, your, um, you're growing your channel, you're reaching out to people, you're doing maybe some collaborations and then, you know, you would be invited to come to a, a gathering like a YouTube music space or something like that. And you just meet other people that you like or other people in the area, other creators and musicians and stuff. And you kind of just network and you, you meet each other and you, you know, see how you can help each other and that kind of thing. It's more chilled. Depends on where you go. I mean, I'm not a movie star or anything, so I don't go on. I don't go to like the hot, the, the big, big, you know, parties where. Yeah. You know, oh, look, there's, you know, hey, there's Tom Cruise over there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, it, I don't. He, he probably doesn't go to parties, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, he's probably he's probably at a level where he doesn't have to go to parties. Uh, no, he, no, he doesn't have to go. To parties. He's probably at a point where he just gets like 6000 invites for parties to a point where he just doesn't. Oh, he doesn't even read the. He doesn't even read those invites. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't open the envelope. Yeah, yeah. He has other people opening the envelopes for him. But you know, back to like the introvert extrovert thing. You know, I've always, I have always found though, at least recently, you know, if I'm invited to like a social thing, it's like, oh, there's going to be other 
you know, YouTube people there or, or this person or that production thing or, you know, you should come down, just have a drink or whatever. I never, ever want to. But each time that I've made a real effort to do it, it's always been beneficial. I don't want to do it, but it does seem to trend towards being a good idea rather than a bad idea. And I have gotten like, I've gotten work like that before. And, um, you know, you just got to be willing to put yourself out there and be charismatic and what have you. (laughs) That's, that's good to know. Uh, because I, I would probably feel the same way if somebody came up to me and if somebody you know, told me like, hey, Sue, come out. Uh, I think, you know, these people will be nice to meet or something. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, liter- I literally live within a mile of one of your agents. <laughs> I just, Did you- I didn't know, actually. Yeah, no, we're, we're, I could throw a rock and hit one of your agents right now. Really? Yes. That's awesome. So, so, and, and just give it, give, just give it a little bit more time. You're, you're, you have a great growth rate on your channel going on. And it's not going to be long until they're going to start being like, you know, Sue, if you were out in the States, you know, it'd be very, it'd be a lot easier to get some of these brand deals. <laughs> some of these integrate, we get you meeting some people. You know, I, ha- I don't mean you should to prepare like- yourself. <laughs> you should prepare yourself. It's going to happen. I'm just okay. telling you, the more successful you get, the people who work for you are going to be like, come on, come to where all the, all the stars are, baby. <laughs> I mean, they've been real nice about it. They've been real uh, respectful about well, that's good. mental health. But I think I think you do have a touch upon a good point of you know taking courage and kind of also almost going against your uh, shell, like snail shell instinct, if you yeah. will. Yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta put you gotta get out, outside of your comfort zone every once in a while. And um, like. Uh, in February, I uh, I was working for a company called Nerdist, not important, but I was I, I built a science channel up from the ground um, over a course of like five years. It went from nothing to like 1.3 million or whatever it was. And then this February, I left. I just left. Um, I was working for a company, had health insurance, all this stuff, had a salary, and then I just left. Um, and then because I felt like it was the right thing to do and there was a bunch of other factors that I can't actually talk about, but, um, so now I started like that cat video that's on the new channel. I have a new thing that's all new. And that was one of the most stressful, agonizing couple of weeks of my life where I talked to basically everyone that I, that I respected mm. be like, should, should I do this? Should I, does this make sense for me? Should I take this leap? Um, and since I did take that leap, uh, I'm, I'm much happier now, I think, um, and things are working out. So, you know, sometimes if, if you, you know, I'm a very analytical person, if you weigh all the variables and you do all the, you know, the calculations and stuff, you're like, well, you know, it probably would work out. Sometimes you got to give yourself a little, uh, you know, (laughs) Oh no! Please, <laughs> actually, no. I do want to touch upon that. Oh, please, part, because, because you know, like your intuition is. I I like to think that a person's a human's intuition is 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 great. On some on some on some levels, sure. But I think what I find the most difficult is when it is 
when's the right time for me to actually trust my instinct to mm. do or not do this thing or yeah. like you said go against my intuition to do something and actually uh get great results sure well there's always you know i can't tell you what the answer is Sue. of course but you know i if you're like me you know there's you you like to control what you can control but all you can do is you can there's only so many levers you have to pull so if, if you feel comfortable, you know, for example, if you wanted to do something big, if, if you could prove to yourself like, oh yeah, you know, I, I look, seems like I can be financially stable and this is what I would do and here's how I would do it and this is where I would live, blah, 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 blah. If you can try to control everything you can control, then the only thing that's left is to take the chance. And if it doesn't work out, you absolutely did everything you could have done. What you don't want to do is go into a situation, jump into a situation, and then look back and be like, oh, if I had only thought about that one, oh, yeah, of course I should have thought about taxes. Now I'm fucked. You know, you should have, as long as you do, you prepare and you do the work, then my dad is a big businessman. He always says this to me, but, you know, like luck is just, uh, preparation and opportunity. So if, mm. if you're prepared, then when some big thing comes, if you do your best to be prepared, when some big thing comes along, you are at your best chance of having it work out. So I always try to be in a position where I'm at my best chance for something good to happen. So how do you keep that balance then? How do you keep that balance where you're going? A lot of drinking, a lot of drinking. <laughs> A lot of, a lot of vodka. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I, if I'm being totally honest with you, you know, like I haven't figured out the perfect balance either. Mm. Like I, there's a lot of things in my life where I probably shouldn't be doing it as much or not enough or, or what have you. Um, I just, I, I believe in myself. I, I know I do good work. And so I try to be as smart as I can be about it. I try to keep up to date with what my colleagues are doing, what the, landscape looks like you know try to buy nice equipment and make things look nice and feel nice and as long as i'm giving myself all the opportunity and i'm preparing enough then hopefully you know good things will keep happening that's all that's all that's all we can do right just try our best to try our best you yeah. like yeah. you believe in your work and your music and you know you could ask yourself the question you're like am i preparing myself for the success that i want you know Cause it's not going to, it's not going to just happen. You have to be in the right situation. Mm. You have to be, you have to be ready for it. So yeah. like, are, are you ready to succeed Sue? <laughs> I think I, I did experience kind of something kind of like that where I was, I had all these things kind of lined up that I had put up in the past and yeah. by I'll just dance being kind of my first break ever yeah. It kind of shed light on all the previous stuff that I had been putting out. Like yeah, Tired, Tired, for instance, it had like a thousand views or something like that. Um, and then it was like it was like three hundred thousand after yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Um so it's kind of like, yeah, that that made me learn the lesson of you know, hustle in the darkness, basically. Um, oh, I oh, I like that. No, and you're totally right. I mean, as long as that but that's that's exactly what we're talking about. You were preparing yourself by making 
stuff that you believed in and you knew was good. And so when that lucky random Reddit post came along, you were ready for it. And that's good. I, I bet, I bet a lot of people in your position, I'm sure I'll, I'll put this out there. I'd say 95% of people that go viral aren't ready to capitalize on it. And they just, they're never heard from again, but you've leveraged that one day or two days of your life into doing something that you're doing now and you're, and you're seeing success with it. That's that you should be proud of that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I recognize, I, you know, I'm, I'm not in the music game. I, I recognize the, <laughs> the numbers and the thing like you, you, yeah. You, and you didn't just fade away. You kept putting out the stuff that you liked and you kept doing it in the style that you thought was successful and adding new content like this. Um, yeah, I think, I think you've done it really well. Thank you. It's oh, of course uh, this, the grinding is still real. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop grinding, of course, when whatever, no. you know, whatever field that I'm in, but it's, I, I still do have that kind of insecurity. I don't know if this is, I'm not sure if this is a mental insecurity or physical. I think it's a, I think it's a both a bit of both mental and physical insecurity, but mm. you know, I, I, I don't think I'm yet in that position where, I know this is something that's going to be my bread and butter, you know? Mm, um, sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't yet have a record label. I don't, I, I don't have a record deal yet. I don't, sure. I'm still a bedroom musician after all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, while I do consider myself a musician, while I do consider myself an artist, a working artist, I yet don't have that security of having this as kind of yeah. my bread and butter. Uh, yeah. And that can be, that could be really stressful and it's stressful, but you know, I, I would say, I would say though, if I'm being completely scientific about this, I'm guessing that the bedroom genre is a little bit easier, not easier for you to do, but it would be, <laughs> it would be harder to try to make like a 10 piece orchestra with what you're doing. And being like, wow, I cannot afford this shit. Yeah, since, it's, it's since very you're, affordable. Very yeah, affordable. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, <laughs> like, well, at least what you're choosing to do is, you know, sing in your bedroom and it's working. Like, that's great because that's very amenable. It's literally to, zero budget. Yeah. Literally zero budget. Yeah, no, and uh, I, I kind of work similarly where um, I don't have a team. Well, I pay an editor, but um, everything else from writing to research to filming everything else is me mm. because i don't want i'm i'm also even you know even though i've been doing this for a long time i'm i'm also not yet at what i would think is the level where i could have you know my own studio and my own editors and and researchers and all that stuff i'm not there yet either so i i try to be very efficient in what and i'm is doing is that like, the place right, that you'd like to go then i don't know i i and i don't I don't consider myself, quote unquote, a YouTuber. It's more that YouTube mm. is just the, the platform. Place that, the platform. Yeah. And wh whatever, however I can have the most impact, um, that's what I want to do. And that's w one of the reasons I moved out to LA in the first place is like, well, I want to do like a science TV show or, or anything big. I want to I be available for big stuff. Um, so I, I don't know if it's, if the future is like your own studio or anything like that, but I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. It's um, I think I'll find the answer eventually. Um, but right now this is just trying to just trying to do things that I enjoy and 
help educate people if I can and be a good teacher um, and whatever form that takes, I think I'll, I'll figure it out as I go along, you know? Yeah. Cause goals are bound to change. Right. Um, as we change, I think mm-hmm. I mean, that's a philosophical thing. Um, yeah. do you take vitamins? <laughs> um, no, supplements. I, I, I'm on medication. That, I don't oh. think that counts. Uh, no, I don't take any vitamins. No, really? No. Cause I thought like, I meant, I asked this question because I thought. Because my hair is so thick. <laughs> Not too. But also like, because you're, you know, a science person, you might. Well, that's actually one of the reasons why I don't feel the need to. Um, okay. Unless. So for the most part, you don't really need a multivitamin unless you're severely malnutritioned or you're like pregnant. Mm, okay. um, most people, I'm just speaking very generally, most people who have a decent diet, um, if you look at what's inside of a vitamin or like a multivitamin, it's usually like a thousand percent vitamin A or a thousand percent, you know, whatever it is. You don't use a thousand percent of something. Just you comes use out of your pee. It just comes out of your pee. Right, and so- okay most people don't really need a multivitamin. Now that's not, it's not to say, like, again, if you're, if you're pregnant and you need additional nutrition for the baby, or say you're a bedroom musician who doesn't get outside in the sun a lot, you might need to take something like vitamin D supplements. Uh, and, and also, uh, women especially are prone to vitamin D de- deficiency. So that's something, but, but in general, no. Or if you're like my girlfriend, who's just taken a bunch of muscle shit, you know? All right. It, Maybe, you know, trying to grow big muscles. But for the most part, I don't think um, I don't think the average person needs a lot of vitamins. No, even even with, quote unquote, like not great diets. I mean, you even even getting like, a, you know, a, a parfait and a, and a cheeseburger from McDonald's. That's 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 it. It's not the best food, but there's still vitamins and stuff in the food. It's not like it's completely deficient. of it's vitamins. Like it's not like it's air. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you ever think you ever think about that this the fact that you're uh, that cats are just air and cat food well now i can't unthink <laughs> that <laughs> now that you mentioned it i know it's weird right but so are we we're just food and air you know and and flesh well where do you think the flesh comes from sue flesh where does where did the flesh start? I mean, there would still be flesh without the food. I mean, like it wouldn't be healthy flesh, but it would be very. What is the? What do you think? What do you think flesh is made of, Sue? Flesh, <laughs> flesh and fat. Okay, okay. Well, let, let's okay. Let's come back to the start. Okay, where where did your flesh come from? Like when you were growing as a baby, right? Mother's womb. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, and you started as a little ball of cells in, in your mom's womb. Where did your mom get the material to okay. make you? Well, I, I know the answer to it, so I'll say it. <laughs> Food. No, I like the idea that you think flesh is an intrinsic pop property of people that we're just a bag <laughs> that we fill with food and you always have flesh. I like that. It's, a, it's crazy, I, but I like it. What about caffeine? Do you do you drink coffee? Oh, I, yeah, I have, co- I have coffee right here. Oh, yeah, I do too. I'm always on some kind of chemical something. 
So you don't, okay, well, obviously, like, so you don't consider caffeine as like a supplement or. Oh, well, no, no, it it's is obviously ca- not vitamin, but. Caffeine is technically the world's most used drug. Caffeine is definitely yes. a drug. Yeah. It alters your perception. It alters your metabolism. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a drug. I, yes. Let's talk about drugs then because, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because it drugs terrify me. And I mean, drugs as in like the, the ones with, you mean illicit ones, drug. Yeah. I don't know what illicit drug is. Is that so not like, so not like an, not like an antidepressant you're talking about. Like, I think I meant, I mean, all drugs, I, including antidepressants hmm. because any drugs that has a nature to make people addicted to it i'm i'm yeah. i'm terrified of you know sure. that has a danger of people overdosing on it or getting sure. dependent on it yeah. it really scares me because i don't know it well, just well not all not all drugs are addictive um okay. some some drugs are very addi- addictive some have no addictiveness whatsoever um uh what you get really scared of are the ones that are extremely addictive. Mm. Um, like, like a, a cocaine or a heroin or, 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 or meth amphetamine or something like that. Those are very addictive drugs, but um, caffeine is also addictive. Uh, nicotine's addictive in cigarettes. Um, but everything's on, as you know, like a spectrum. I mean, there's, there's different levels of totally fine to take in any amount and nothing bad will happen to you, you know, like, um, what am I thinking of, you know, well, not, you can't take anything in any amount, but, uh, you know, you could take like ibuprofen or or like Tylenol. You're not going to get addicted to Tylenol. You shouldn't take 40 of them, but you're not going to get addicted to that. On the other side, you know, you can only take a very little, little amount of heroin before you die. Um, so it's all on a, you know, uh, and 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 it, it gets different where something like an antidepressant um, isn't addictive, but it would cause withdrawal if you suddenly went away from. Right. So you turn back to the drug that, you know, alleviates the the aftermath um, of not taking it. Then. Well, it, it's not addictive in that sense. It's it's more so that you will feel the effects of not having it. Not that you want it, but so, so what happens in your brain when you take an antidepressant, it's blocking certain receptors. So, you know, you have little channels in your brain and a little chemical goes into them and it makes stuff happen. Now, uh, stuff like antidepressant will come along and like block one of those. Yeah. So then the, the chemical can't get there. Like SS, so, uh, like so what you're, and reuptake, re- rebukers, those nailed things. it. Yeah, SSRIs. Yes. Uh, re reuptake inhibitors, and um, so what your brain does over time in response, it's like, well, hey, we're not getting enough of this chemical. We're going to make more receptors because your brain ah. is trying is trying to get the same amount of chemical. So that's so how it works. Because I always wondered how could you get happier if you're blocking these you know, serotonin, sorry, continue. <laughs> well, well, uh, so creating more, uh, well, well, this is, this is not, not quite that point. Um, I'm getting at the with, withdrawal part. So when you have, when your brain is trying to make more receptors, you're still 
you're by giving by taking the medication you're still blocking them even when your brain's making more you're blocking them the withdrawal part is if now if you have instead of one say you have like let's just say like 10 receptors now and then you stop taking the medication now when that chemical comes along it has so many different places it can hit that your body doesn't really handle it in a good way um it's so it's super super sensitive to it and then you get these this these effects that you could call withdrawal um so for example when i was a kid i was on a medication that blocked more or less adrenaline from getting to my heart cells because my heart was really really hyperactive mm. and so by blocking some of those channels it made it less active um but when i went off the medication because all those new receptors were trying to get back at it once i unblocked everything then my heart became super super duper uh crazy even, even more so than before then. even more so than before and that's the effects of withdrawal and whenever you go on a drug like that what you do is you work with your doctor to over time do it very slowly and very carefully you with with mm. stuff like that you don't just stop taking it you would go like okay well instead of one pill a day i'm going to take half a pill a day and then i'll take half a pill every two days and then i'll take one pill a week and then you slowly get away from it then right. does that mean you still have the positive effects that you got from the drug well in my case well uh, well in my case um I grew out of the condition, so I didn't need the medication anymore. Right. Um, but for something like depression, if you're clinically depressed, you just you just keep taking the medication forever, right? Mm. If if you're getting the beneficial effects and the underlying cause is still there, you're just going to need to keep taking it, and you will need eventually to start increasing the doses because your body you get, get get used to it. Yes, your body gets a tolerance for it, right? So if you are, let's look, going back to coffee, if you're drinking coffee, but you're only yeah. drinking it for the mental clarity that caffeine brings to you, not because, not for, you know, not because you're addicted to it, like, not like you, you're automatic, your hand automatically goes to coffee, <laughs> then you're not actually addicted to coffee, technically. Well, you, yeah, but you say that, but. Isn't that what you do? <laughs> what do you do? It's part. It's part of your. It's part of your daily routine. You drink it multiple times a day, and you feel as though when you don't have it, you feel terrible. Yes, and that right. it, that is literally, that's what we're talking about. That's withdrawal and caffeine. You do build up a tolerance, so you need more. You, you know, when you first started drinking coffee, I'm sure you weren't drinking five cups a day. Now you are. So that's that's the body's tolerance. And if you stopped drinking it, all of a sudden. You you'd have a headache, you'd have a headache, you'd feel like shit. That's the withdrawal. So like that's your body responding to increasing doses of this drug. So how do you how would you say is the best way for us to prevent that? You know, to well, keep drinking coffee but you know and keep getting the effects of coffee but not end up drinking 16 cups of coffee well, a day. In the same way where you'd want to be careful about going off of it if you wanted to stop drinking it. Um, you just have to be diligent in your daily uptake of it. So instead of trying to get recaffeinated, like, oh, 
I need my sixth cup. I need my seventh cup or whatever. Give yourself a limit. Be like, I'm going to go to three cups a day. And eventually your body will find that balance again. It might feel bad at first, Mm -hmm. but you'll get back down to that level where three cups has the same effect as six cups. You've built up, you've built up this tolerance, but if you come back down, you can level off again. And then you could go off it for good if you want it. But um, you just have to be, it's like, like, think of it like a medication. I mean, it's like I, she says that she sips coffee. Um, (laughs) But you know, it's like, I get three doses of caffeine per day. Like that's my dose, you know, Mm. not unlimited doses. And not like cheat into actually pouring three doses in one cup. Well, the only one you're lying to is yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. That was an hour. <laughs> that was an hour and a half of overthinking everything from coffee to I feel club, like we could go on clubbing. Yeah. Oh, we def- we definitely could. The only yeah. thing stop the only thing stopping me is that Cyberpunk 2077 is gonna be live is in like today? an hour. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, so I'm gonna need to be doing that pretty soon now pretty pretty soon now i have a i made a whole video about it i saw that actually i saw it but i didn't know that it was coming out today uh tomorrow morning my time uh all right and this will be this is going to air afterwards so it doesn't matter um but uh i made the mantis blades from the game the blades that come out of your arm for real and we were slicing like ballistics gel heads and pineapples and watermelons and shit it's pretty are good. you gonna is it are you gonna actually be playing the game and uh reviewing it and stuff um no and no, it's kind of it's it's one of my hobbies like yeah. we were saying i just, I'm I, just gonna um, end up watching other people play it so i've i've got some time until, <laughs> yeah you got to do that yeah the gamers kind of catch up but yeah. i'm excited for that one i'm I'm a huge fan of like cyberpunk stuff and oh yeah like, futuristic too. dystopian i'm i'm all about oh, once it I, once i read uh the foundational novel there that created cyberpunk um neuromancer by william gibson once i read that book i was i was totally hooked if you haven't read it sue you you definitely so neuromancer is literally created the genre so like that's the book where cyberspace as a word was coined that's the book where you know um like the matrix was first thought out as an Mm -hmm. idea like you it's uh you, you gotta if you like cyberpunk you, you gotta read what is it called again uh I'll, i'm gonna type it i'm gonna type Mantis? it to you in, i'm gonna type it to you in the chat because it's a weird word oh we have a chat i didn't know you could do a chat yeah so we phone. could be talking to each other and talking to each other new romancer yeah it, by uh, that's a cool word it is it's a name of one of the well, no, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, you definitely, definitely highly recommend it. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, thank you, Kyle, for absolutely coming on the show. It was, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> Just asking. I, 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 I had a, I had a great time too. Uh, let's do this again real soon. Yeah? You're welcome anytime. Uh, absolutely. I'd love to. I'll oh, have and maybe more questions we'll, uh, ready by the we'll, by, we'll by hang out. We'll we'll hang out in your Discord uh, in a yes, little bit. Yeah, we will. Okay, sounds good, Sue. Okay, um, I'll stop recording now. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>